welcome everyone to another episode of Out of Character, where we've already started arguing. We're on the ball. <laughs> we are on the ball. We're going to talk about a lot of things, but they're going to be all, it's all going to be, it, it, it has a common thread, everyone. Just bear with us. And what sparked this conversation for me, wanting to discuss this, was the October 5th hacking of Twitch. Cotton, you are familiar with this. Yes, I am. And I found out uh, one of my favorite streamers, like he was one of the ones busted. And he actually went and like actually divulged how much money he made. Mm-hmm. Which I was, that's CGB, Covert Go Blue. Shout out mm-hmm. to a uh, big fan of the guy. Because he, he, he was on Twitch, didn't make any, like, didn't make much money. So he went mm-hmm. to like what, what his total Magic the Gathering empire was. But yeah, I'm aware of it. I'm locked okay. in. I know the news. All right. So in the articles I found and the images I saw of what was leaked, it said Critical Role who we all know is the, the D&D streaming game that started at Geek and Sundry, but in 2019 went on their own. They're their own production company now. And since then, since 2019, they have, on streaming on Twitch, have made $9.6 million. Good for them. <laughs> Good for them. They also did a, a Kickstarter in 2019, which set records, which did $11.4 million. And then they recently did a uh, another campaign so they could expand on a D&D campaign that they were doing, Vox, uh, Vox uh, Machina, Machina, whatever, uh, and where they raised another $4.3 million. So God. since 2019, $25.3 million. I did not look up what their Patreon is doing. I didn't look up that stuff. I, I just did on streaming, Kickstarter, those things like that. So, I mean, they've they've made a lot more. I have heard Tom, uh, one of the cast members, says $37 million is what they've made. I could not find confirmation of that number, but that's okay. I think I've got my point across with, with the figures I've given. I, I would say I would add one point to that that will yeah. color the discussion. And that is the amount of money made by everyone else is, uh, let's see, jack and shit. So that's, uh, you know... <laughs> Welcome to they, Mass Media, where well. video kills the radio star. So They have, uh, for viewers, 44,000 uh, subscribers on Twitch, 220 million views across all channels, 1.39 million subs on YouTube. So they're, they're big. Yeah. They're big, and they are playing D&D 5th Edition, and they are probably, I think, right now, one of the main avenues that new players come in on. Very much so. I would agree with that. Clear over between how D&D is the entry-level RPG game, and a very mm-hmm. good one. And then you've got Critical Role, which is this awesome podcast. I, I don't know. I don't listen to it. But I'm aware of it. And, uh, you know, <laughs> and, and it would be a segue there. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of people who that's that's their podcast. You know, mm-hmm. that is the one mm-hmm. they listen to, and they follow it, and they're going to do the thing. Cool. I mean, I feel like this surprises you more than me, because it, it felt like... I think maybe a generational thing. Maybe it doesn't surprise you. Maybe you're just I popped at numbers. I don't know. No, I'm just I'm just kind of setting it for anybody who doesn't know. I'm just giving them background. Like maybe they've never heard of Critical Role. I'd be surprised if they haven't, because I have heard of Critical Role myself, and you know I live under a rock. So right, that's nice. I've heard of them. I know they have a big following. I know that Uh, Boz, our previous cast member, watched them regularly every time they streamed it, he he was there watching oh yeah but it was uh, it was yeah. a big thing Bob was like yeah. i'm not missing the, yeah. the drop y'all like, like i have to listen to it and if i don't listen to it immediately yeah. like i will feel a disturbance mm-hmm. <laughs> in the force so yep 
Yep. There were some recording nights where it was like, no, I can't do it on a Thursday. Sorry, that's critical. Yeah. It was like, okay. <laughs> weird. Like, how do you All respond? Right. <laughs> it's kind of like, I got a coworker once go to. It was like, oh, yeah, I couldn't make it to the Gleam Heaven game. You see, I was playing yeah. video games at the time. I'm like, that's not, that's not shitty. See, that's not real. Like, I'm thinking, like, oh, I broke my leg. Mm-hmm. I had to take my cousin to the airport. No, not like, no, I just, no, just didn't do no. it. Like, <laughs> no. So, Critical Role, Matt Mercer is the DM. He's he's a voice actor. He has several voice actors that play characters. They go on D&D adventures. Now, I know I have watched mainstream media TV shows that, you know, like Big Bang Theory. They've they've done it. They've played D&D. Community, they've, they've played D&D. I've seen D&D in other mainstream things, but I don't think it's having the impact that Critical Role is actually having. On the hobby itself. Completely about Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Oh, sorry, Stranger Things brought in a lot, but I don't think as many as what Critical Role is doing. They are introducing a lot of people to the game, and getting a lot of people wanting to play the game. Now, this is where the conundrum lies: the Mercer effect. Yes, we the the oft talked about. The oft talk about Mercer effect. You want to explain what that is, or do you want me to? The Mercer effect, and well, I'll go for it, and you can okay. you can patch Correct in you. the cracks, right? Yeah, it, it's 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 what I call our dynamic. I'm doing some air quotes there for all. The, <laughs> it's not hand gestures do not travel well in the world of podcasts, but I digress. <laughs> anyway, the Mercer effect is the idea that Matt Mercer is a god among GMs, and mm-hmm. he does things a particular way, and so because he is both excellent, highly popular, the result is that his style becomes sort of a de facto. And there's a, a general expectation among a lot of people that the style of the game is running his method or that the generic level of quality is equal to his own. So there you go. Some players will say, like, oh, man, like you're just you're not as smooth as Matt Mercer or Matt Mercer's style doesn't involve this. He would have handled this problem with with this over here. And uh, I don't I, I, I'm not sure how how would you handle that? Oh, oh, seasoned. <laughs> <laughs> so the, to me, the Mercer effect, it's it it can be looked at in a negative way and it can be looked at in a positive way. The negative way is like you said, it's setting an unreasonable expectation for a DM when a new player when new players come to the table and they think their DM is going to be just like Matt Mercer. And then they sit there and they're like, "Well, you're not doing any voices, you're not really doing a lot of immersion. I don't see any 3D terrain on the table. What's going on? Why are you not doing it this way?" But the positive side is Matt Mercer is a very good GM. Uh, DM, he's very entertaining. As as all the money and viewership proves, you as a DM could use that as a source of inspiration to do better. Yes, and I and I pick on Matt Mercer because mm-hmm. he reminds me of everyone who tried to tell me about Jesus while holding a guitar. Like every time <laughs> they have the long hair, fucking like the 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 motorcycle vest that serves no purpose. I don't know, mm-hmm. and that's not fair. But I would uh, project whatever the hell else is going on mm-hmm. in my life or past onto the future. Mm-hmm. But again, it's what I would call my dynamic. It's, yeah. It's yeah. No, me I mean, so hey, you know, let's judge somebody for how they look and, you know, hate them. Oh, oh yeah. I'm definitely <laughs> on, is that not in anymore? Is, it is no that longer, not but in? I, I, I was it, it with, Yeah, in the 80s. When oh, the, I'm sorry. In the out. South. Yes, in the South, it is still yeah. a thing. In the North, it is not. We've, we've, we've evolved. <laughs> oh, y'all solved it. Good to know. <laughs> We're just waiting for y'all to catch up. So... And and I'll be honest, I have not been able to get through an entire episode of Critical Role because they are incredibly long. And to me, I don't have a problem with Matt Mercer as much as I have a problem with the players. I hate them. 
Oh, okay, that's a problem. <laughs> I hate you. Like, I hate I your don't. face. I hate what you do as, a, as a person. There's this one guy with a beard. Like, that guy, like, I just don't like how what he does. I don't like the choice. It. I get annoyed with him, and I'm like, I can't. I just, I, I, it, I can't spend three hours of this. I just can't do it. I'm done. I'm out. My, and my that's only it. Issue I have is, a hard is, time with podcasts anyway. Is, is, let me ask you this, and I may have mentioned this. I have a problem separating voices. And too many people. Uh-huh. There was like eight characters, and they all played half elves, and they had, and they had similar voices. I was trying to listen to Nazaria, the, the podcast mm-hmm. bar friend Soup, mm-hmm. and it started out I'm like, man, this is solid. This is like like mm-hmm. the first like two three minutes. I'm like, man, like hell yes. And then I couldn't understand. I I, I would get mixed up on what character is like. I need to see if someone's speaking, mm-hmm. and that's a personal weakness. I'm like, man, if I just had this with like, if, if I just look at my phone while I was listening to it, and it would just give me the name of the person who was talking at that moment. Mm-hmm. I could have totally listened to it. That, that's that's yeah. a unique problem that clearly millions of people with money do not have. So <laughs> I guess I should not go down that rabbit hole too much. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I just, I, I didn't I didn't care for it. I don't like it. But that doesn't mean, like like I said, I don't have an issue with Matt Mercer. He does, he does a good job, but he does indeed have his own style of DMing. And it's, again, this is another kind of a back and forth not argument but which is better rules is written or is it better to you know have you know the rule of cool i because sometimes rule of cool really goes against rules is written but are you playing the game if you're not following the rules is written i I don't i don't see a binary i see it in shades of gray wow like it's like a cocktail aggressive exactly how much do you well it's 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 it, it it would go according to taste. So there's some rule of cool. I, 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 there are some rule of cool that I, even I've done. Like, oh, you rolled a critical hit. And mm-hmm. um, I, I was like, oh, well, you take off this, the skeleton's arm. And then my player said, oh, well, does that affect him? Oh, well, he can't, like, attack twice. Or he can't. Uh, that, mm-hmm. that would lower his AC. I'm like, all right, cool. This time. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not, it's not going to be a thing yeah. where every crit you take off the guy's arm. But it's a skeleton and we're level two. Who cares? Uh, it, it's, a cool, it's a cool question. It does make some level of sense. I would occasionally let that go, or for big highlighty things, you know, like something's dead, or if you're, if you're going to go out in a blaze of glory, cool. But I've been with some games, it's been rare, but it's happened where it was so much really cool, I just didn't, it, it was just improv at that point. It was just, that's all it was. It was like, who could mm-hmm. come up with the craziest bullshit? I swing from the tree, and I do this, and I chop his head off. Like, cool, yeah, what do you do? Uh, does he have to roll anything, or are we just talking shit? Uh, I bring out my new <laughs> cannon that I surreptitiously brought to this uh, particular job, and uh, uh-huh. I can call it a day. All right, so gets mad. <laughs> I, 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 in my research, I read uh, one article where the guy says, Matt Mercer follows about 80% of the rules. 80% of the rules, he follows 80%. The rest is just rule of cool. Makes it fun, it's entertaining, bam. Is that, I, and I, I, again, we're, this is a podcast, a show, a stream that is for a lot of people, the first time they see this game, is it, is it a good idea if he's really representing the hobby, not just making money, but representing the hobby, is it really, you know, wise, or fair, uh, or is it a disservice to make sure that he, you know, he's, he's following the rules as written Yes. or is it, I got to make some money. I'm gonna get rid of some of these rules because you know I I I'm here for entertainment. I'm for thirty here million for... dollars, I would take the outside of a D and D book and slap it on a Shadowrun book and run whichever one you wanted me to. I would do <laughs> for thirty million dollars. But that's okay. Outside that, is it good for the? 
I, I don't. I, I, he's doing his game, and he decided to broadcast it. It became popular. It is what it is. That's that's his game. He has decided to run that game. Beyond that, I don't have any strong opinion about like his duty to the gaming, you know, yeah. or or yeah. if it should nope. impact people. Mm-hmm. And I think it will go, I, I don't. I, I think it will go to those individual people. I'm sure people mm-hmm. who are listening to this. If you already, if you're, if there's any GMs out there, I'd love to hear what their comments are. See us on Twitter. We have a Twitter. I tweet. I do things. What what your experience is? If you've ever encountered this Matt Mercer effect, or if anyone's ever asked you about your style or how it matched up, but I would think that the any semi reasonable person mm-hmm. would not invoke Matt Matt Mercer. You know, <laughs> like I, if I go play basketball <laughs> and I get pissed off and I shot the ball to this guy and he didn't, you know, make this awesome slam dunk, and I'm like, you understand, LeBron would have made that dunk. Like I'm going to sound <laughs> like an idiot. Like yes, but I'm not LeBron and I'm not Matt Mercer. So mm-hmm. if, if I mean, are you worried about the if if you get criticism? I mean, you know, you should take some criticism. But if someone's like you're not as good at Matt Mercer or has a criticism on that level, I believe Ray Bradbury's response to critics was uh, about his books and how he should write them differently. So let them rent typewriters. It's <laughs> a great line. All right. All so. Zakara is uh, in, listening live, and he's he's saying he doesn't really believe that the intent of Critical Role is to represent the hobby. He feels that uh, their intent is, you know, if they're putting on a show, it's entertainment. That that's it. That that's their goal. Yeah, true. I, th- I think that's absolutely. right. Absolutely, you know. that's very true. But they still are representing the hobby, whether intentional or not, whether that's the main focus or not. Again, my point is, a lot of people, a lot of many people are being introduced to this game via this avenue. And when they go, oh, I want to play it, they're going in thinking this is how the game is played. So. And you feel this is problematic or how do you I don't, feel I'm, I'm not, I think it's wonderful what it's done to get people to try it. I think it's wonderful that, you know, he does a great job as a, as a DM. He's entertaining and he, he can be a source of inspiration for, for a lot of, DMs. What I wish he did more of and what his players strive to do more of is to, you know, I, I don't want to say disclaimer, but I mean, I don't, I don't know how to phrase it. You want Critical Role to be the way that you want D&D to be? In the- no, 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 no. I don't want them to play uh, the way I want to play. I, I'm cool with the rule of cool. Bams does the rule of cool. He threw out how tons of rules in Shadowrun. Tons of rules. Tons of them. And they were great. That's Shadowrun. You have to. You have to. You have to. <laughs> this yeah. guy did a lot of homebrewing in Shadowrun 5. Yeah. Uh, okay. yeah. And I get it. And and that's great. But I think what the difference is, and I'm not saying, you know, I'm not putting Matt, Mercer, and Bamps in the same pool. I'm not. I'm just saying Bamps did a good job of making sure the listeners knew. He always told the listeners, I am aware I am throwing out these rules. I have to in order to get the game to move along. I'm putting out a, and I don't hear Matt Mercer really doing that. I've seen some videos where he's talked about the Mercer effect and he's talked about it, but I don't think he, like, I I wish the players also made the same effort of, you know, yes, it's entertainment, but can we strive to, I don't know, like to make people aware when you watch this, you are watching something for entertainment like i'm watching pro wrestling when i get in the ring that's not really how it is when i get at the table that's not really how it's going to be i wish there was just some way that they could let people know that this is an entertainment thing 
it's going to be different at a table with your friends. I hear you, but I don't, I don't, I don't, and I have listened to some episodes of the show, and I've seen lots of clips, because I can watch those on YouTube, and actually see their faces as they talk, and I can keep up with what's happening, though I don't, I don't have the context of the history. So I've seen, mm -hmm. like, really cool individual moments, but I am missing some of the context, but for what it's mm -hmm. worth, I have seen them, and they're playing a, a legit game of D&D. &D. It is mm -hmm. very Rule of Cooley. But okay, mm -hmm. it's still mm -hmm. it is still very much a D. It's a if I went if I showed up to that table and had no idea who these people were, and I played a game, I would not think that we had played a D and D adjacent product that had been house ruled <laughs> and, and rule of cooled into some type of alternative. It doesn't feel like a show. They're not like writing it out and and scripting it. It's not like it's a it's a fantasy story set to the tune of D and D. It's a it's a legit D and D game. I just think mm -hmm. it's. I just think you you have a little bit more legalistic view of the rule book, and I often do as well. <laughs> uh -huh. I might have a more legalistic view of the rule book than you, and as and as a result, I've run into that iceberg so many times that I've uh, been disabused of it. I guess uh -huh. is, is the best way to put it. So if I was uh -huh. sitting at somebody else's table and they were doing the Matt Mercer style, uh -huh. I'd be cool with it. All, all I really want, I'm, I'm happy to be like as a player and as somebody who has been a GM. I'm just happy to be a player. I know how much work GMs have to put into this stuff. And if you show up and I'm having a good time and I can kind of get your style and your vibe and you're not just sitting there going, um, you know, or it's not some horrendous, like, four-hour combat slog. <laughs> like, that's that's an example. Like, rule mm -hmm. of, I've rule of, that's probably the first time I did a major rule of cool was there was a fight. My party is up against some, and I'm a GM, the, mm -hmm. the, 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 the hapless heroes are up against some evil undeadies, and they like cast fear. I think our cleric went up and hit the. Uh, uh, it's not fear. Where it is? The thing that like makes all undead run away. <laughs> I forget the exact spell name. It's a channel divinity. Turn undead. There we go. And they all run away, and they began to kill the real threats. And so the end result was a bunch of weak ass skeletons and/or zombies separated from each other, bolting into the darkness. Now, they need to get cleaned up. We don't just want zombies in the countryside. But there was no need to go there. So they beat, like, the big commander zombie I had kind of homebrewed into existence. And I'm like, okay, you win. And you spend the rest of the afternoon, you know, you, you, after you defeat this, you go around, find the straggling skeletons, and smash them down to regroup at the village that was under attack. So I didn't roll, I didn't go through the combat steps. It was a, the fight was over. I didn't feel the need to go through six second turns, 30 foot movement space, chase down these fling zombies that have gone in a starburst pattern all across the countryside, off the sides of the roll 20 map. You know, like that was, I just kind of said, you win, you win. This fight's over. You, you're going to, this is how it's going to go at this point. I know, I know where this is going to lead. Let's just call it. Like, would you, would you have done mm -hmm. that? Would you have not done that? No, I mean, believe me, I, I, I do a lot more. I, I do a lot of rule of cool, especially with, with, with my table. As long as it's not anything, you know, totally outlandish, yeah, go right ahead. I don't care. Oh, yeah. Don't even roll for it. It's fine. I'll do it. It's okay. I'm okay. And because, again, I may not be, you know, streaming or making it a podcast or make millions of dollars with it, but I am trying to make it fun for the five people at the table with me. Indeed. So, yeah. And I, think you I, do I am all right. trying to make it fun. Yeah, I do all right. All right. All right. That's a good you endorsement. You do all right. I exactly. do all right. <laughs> that's that's yeah that's that's the 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 passive voice of the mouth. I mean you're doing great. Yeah, 
you know, or terrible. Yeah. It could be, t- it, the alternate is terrible, but you have to know which one it is. In this, in this case, <laughs> Another thing Mercer does a lot of is, is a classic improv tactic of the yes and. And that, I think, as a GM, that, that's a weakness of mine is my improv skills. So I have to really start working on that. So that's something that, you know, can be developed more. And that's something he does. And yes, they are all, you know, actual actors, voice actors, they're actors. So they know that improv tactic of the yes and. And so that I think that's what also makes it good. Because if you heard, a, you know, if you were listening to people play and you just kept hearing the, the, the DM say no, that's not entertaining. It's not fun. Very true. Which is, <laughs> which, is which is where I think the mechanic. Of, I, I I love improv, and I know that the yes and. I think that's where the mechanic for like Blaze and Dark and various other systems got uh, the the um, what's it called the complication. That's mm-hmm. a yes and. So if mm-hmm. you're scorching hot the row, cool, you you get a yes. But if you kind of got it, then you mm-hmm. get a, and they have lots of ways to allow you to achieve a sort of not period, but a hobbled victory, this complication where that that's the widest band of outcome is a yes and. Yes, you achieve the goal, but new problem. And it keeps the ball rolling. I think mechanically that's where that came from. I think that's the mechanic. I think that's yes and put to paper. So, yeah, mm-hmm, it's, it's, mm-hmm. A great, it's a great thing for a GM to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, they're it's also, it's fantastic. I, they're, I, they're also professional actors. They are. So they are the, trained uh, actors. I understand that. And you know, as, as being trained actors, that, that they're going to play differently than if I seeing the show and going, oh, I want to try this game. I'm going to sit down and, and I'm going to think this is how I have to be. Which, believe me, with the rest of the people at the table, could be incredibly annoying if you did, depending on the table. Because ah, you could be going right. in there, yeah. What? Yeah, you're very right. Like you show up. Yeah. Like if you if you show up in like full Gandalf, go, right, yeah. you know, regalia, and everybody <laughs> else is like, bruh. And you're like <laughs> monologuing, just yeah, yeah. hamming it up. People are gonna look at you like you're crazy. <laughs> I come to you now at the turning of the time, like, bro, it's a magic missile. You're level one. Like, dial yeah. it, dial it back. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, ugh. So it's it. I don't know. It's it's just that expectation. What are the what are the bad things i mean it's great that people are you know sitting at the table and wanting to play but then do they know the rules or you know do they just think this is where i just get to you know live out my you know just fantasies get them in the door. from drama school just get them in the door we'll hash it out just later get them in the door I'm just, it's like a, it's like a preacher of a church you just gotta get them in the door we got child care we got acoustic guitar and a guy with long hair and a vest to tell you about it we got drums and lights and a big ass tv just get them in the door. That's how I view D and D. D and D is how, okay. I want to play Shadowrun, but people don't. It's it's intimidating. So what do you do? D and D. D and D is the get them in the door, and Critical Role is just sort of like the foyer, right? It's the gateway drug. It's the gateway. Okay. And you're like, oh, that's cool. Play D and D. Cool. That's great. What is this? Oh, uh, this is this is Shadowrun for the edition, and it's it's super complicated. But you understand yeah. dice and math now, so it's fine. That you just get them, get the asses in pews, baby. That's all. I mean, we'll sort the rest is, out later. This is my plan with your mom. Uh, you got her in on D and D, and now I want to introduce her to the other harder drugs. Like, I kind of at first <laughs> I would have never thought like, I, like okay, my mom's playing D and D, fine. But Sh- mm-hmm. I mean, Shadow runs too much. I'm thinking, man, like now I could I could pull that off because mm-hmm. we can make a character up, and they you know 
the, the complication of Shadowrun is often in the initial parts of the character creation and mm-hmm. the initial figuring out your like equation of what gun do. But once you have it, you're kind of done. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I could see it. <laughs> so I mean, it, it is good. It brings people into the hobby, and that's great. It's just uh, I wonder. Is it going to produce quality players? Are people going to be let down and turn their back on it? Like, it's not what I thought. It's not like the show. It's not like what I've seen. So therefore, forget it. It's wrong. It's not good. And, and you know, it burns them. You know, it you know, ends up being a, a bad thing, a bad experience that they turn their back on never to try again. Or it's I, very I just, much the, I'm a curious. De- a debate that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Again, I hate to keep going to it, but church, it's like, or, or like Vatican <laughs> II, it's like, oh my god, now they, they're going to stop speaking in Latin and face the laity as they give their, the like, I don't like it, it's new and different, and it's going to teach people the wrong new thing, and, different. and we'll all yeah. end up in hell, and, wow. uh, but no, it's fine, just get them, I, I, whatever gets, I, I, I don't care that season two of Stranger Things sucks, get their asses in the seat, that's all I need, you just get enough people, a fuel mm. stick. That's there all you go. gotta do. Okay. That's, that's so, where I'm at. I'm I'm evangelical right. about it. Let's go get them. Evangelical about. <laughs> all right. Now, the other side of all of this stuff coming out is how many more D and D podcasts? Now that these figures, you know, are out there, how much they're making streaming? How many more D and D podcasts is this going to generate now? Uh, probably uh another forty. You know, four hundred thousand. <laughs> because they're like nine million. I don't need to make nine million. I can just make a fraction of that and be happy. Yeah. I'm gonna do the same thing. And it's like, no, no, this was very much lightning in a bottle. It, uh, <laughs> it kind of was because they were the first ones to hit it big. Yeah. And then once you uh-huh. give that momentum, and mm-hmm. they're also professional actors, they they kind of did. Mm-hmm. They they were they had mm-hmm. an amazing idea, and it's clear from the early YouTube clips of their show that they did not know it. Like mm-hmm. they like the early the early stuff is them like looking at the DM book to like go shopping. That's not yeah. riveting podcast no, material, no. y'all. They yeah. were legit <laughs> playing a D and D game, and they had no thought to to monetizing. It was a, I guarantee you it was the exact same feeling I had when I first got brought into this to do the without with the without a net podcast. I didn't give a crap that it was a podcast. I wanted to play Shadowrun, and if somebody wanted to record that, cool. That was my initial response is you know cotton want to play shadow run today and cool i'll play the shadow run i'll kind of put myself out and i wanted to play a a not monster of the week or, or, or job of the week type of deal like the runner hub i wanted a continuous campaign i had the time let's go the podcast was just a cool thing i think i i know it's 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 readily apparent that's them and then holy shit it turns out a bunch of voice actors playing D upon the rise of D as a you know, cultural heavyweight was a good idea. And now their, you know, grandkids will never have to work again. So that's cool. But also, I think since they're they're incubated in Geek and Sundry, they had that backing and yeah, they started and it, it grew it took a while to grow. So it took a lot of time. It takes time to build an audience. I do think it closes the space because now that's mm-hmm. like that space is in the same way radio killed vaudeville. And you know, like T killed off like radio sports. Mm-hmm. I think I guess the thing. I think you're big. If you're if you're the biggest one, like you know, it's not like I can compete locally. I'm not gonna have the best Mississippi podcast, mm-hmm. and it matter, or, or you know about D and D or something. It's not gonna because mm-hmm. somebody in you know in Nashville, Mississippi can go listen to Critical Role. 
just like they can in Pakistan, China, India, uh-huh. or even Nevada. Any of these places have access even to Nevada. it. Nevada. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's they've got the hit. They're the one. They're the they're going to be on top until they're not. You know, they're Sears, and everybody it's, else it's, is you know. It's high production. It's actors. It's I mean, it's a it was a big investment up front. That's paying off. That's it. Right. I, I don't think another group that was of their caliber in terms of, uh, frankly, mm-hmm. fame would be able to supplant them. I think if you mm-hmm. want to go and like go after that critical role money, you would have to have name drive. It would have to be either one of them, like one of them leaves the show and starts or joins mm-hmm. their own, like this guy from Critical Role, the same way as like you know the the director of E.T. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, okay, it's mm-hmm. probably good, or an equally famous group of people. Like mm-hmm. if what well you know um excuse me I can't read his name right the guy the guy that was <laughs> it was on he was on their podcast Joe uh oh God what's his name what's his name though you know what I'm talking about the Hollywood guy yeah what's his name just not uh <clears throat> say it phonetically it's okay Joe Montana no? uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know it's like it's not Joe Montana or Joe Montana the actor for a while that was the only two names that were similar that I had to worry about. <laughs> It's a, uh, Leo saved you. He put it in the chat. I put the chat. Oh, thank God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Joe Manganiello. It sounds like a dessert. Anyway, mm. he like if he got together with a bunch of uh, equally famous and or attractive Hollywood friends, like like if uh-huh. he got together with like Chris Evans, you uh-huh. know, and like Tom Hanks, and they played D and D. Yeah, they could they could probably give old Critical Role a run for their uh, for their platinum pieces, as it were. Uh huh. You think so? Yes. Okay. I, I very okay. much think so. He does have he does play D and D. He does get together with his uh family or uh, with his uh, Hollywood friends. I mean, I was reading something. I don't know why. Wait, I said little family. saying the MCU did that. Wait, what? Did, did the, I'm sorry. Is there a thing where like the MCU actors play D and D? Because like I need to go. Do no, that. no. <laughs> oh, I'm saying his wife built him a D and D room. He gets together with his Hollywood friends and they play D and D. He oh, just yeah. doesn't record it. Yeah, because they're probably all like doing weird Hollywood stuff. You know, it's probably just a combination of uh, low grade drugs and you know eyes wide shut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, <laughs> oh, so you, for for obvious reasons you can't you can't record that. Yeah, you know, that's that, that's where they want to relax. They don't they don't want they're already famous and rich. They don't mm-hmm. need to get there, right? Mm-hmm. He would have to be a pet. I, I could see like Joseph Gordon Levitt doing it. Oh yeah. I could see him like. Caring enough and just having fun enough to do to do the game, so we need like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Haley Joel Osment, you know, some and various other people. So there was another Dan Harmon who was the creator of Community. He did Harmon Quest, which was him, a DM, two actor voice actor actors, and then he would bring on one like celebrity guest, not like A level, but you know. C, B, around there. D. And I watched those. Those were entertaining. So there's been like this. It just didn't have the same production that Critical Role has had with the, you know, the scenery, the costumes and that. They they literally were just like everybody else, just a table, maybe some minis and and a paper and pen and that. And that was it. They didn't have like all the uh, visual stuff now they did animate part of it so you know you had something to watch but uh, the audience that sat and watched them just watched them at a table that was it right 
it was good, but I it, I don't believe it had the success that Critical Role is seeing. So maybe stick I'm with just, it. Maybe I'm not sure. On, on there that was one. only three seasons, and it it was done. It ran 2016, 2017, and 2019. It was only three seasons. Harmon Quest. I I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Maybe because they did animate it. So as you watch the these recordings later, you got to see like watch the cartoon. It made it more fun. If it was just in the audience watching them play, I probably, I don't know if I would have enjoyed it as much. Fair enough. Which the 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 critical role is, you know, a lot of uh, what I've seen. It's you see them at a table, and that's it. Like that. That's it. And it gets. I I just don't like, don't like it too much. I wonder how it would do if we if there was like a professionally produced like season of a show with like Game of Thrones level value that was mm-hmm. a retelling of a and d story. So like people play D&D and you just record what happens, broad mm-hmm. strokes. It mm-hmm. has to be a very narrative heavy game because combat in actual shows cannot go mm-hmm. on for 45 minutes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you could you could tell that story that way. And you could say this was actually generated by D&D. You know, and you could go like they, they could release the show and then like release the the raw video and mm-hmm. and you could you know just just so you could say you did it you didn't fudge anything. Mm-hmm. But there you go, and you could have like the actual show and you could say oh there's some little randomness to this. It's not just even written randomness like uh, you know George R R Martin killing off a, in any particular character. It would just it would be legit. One hundred percent dice rolls <laughs> cause this story to evolve. Now would any TV company say yes? And then the hero dies. Uh. You know, mm-hmm. That's not how I, like randomness yeah, does not no, remove wanna, itself to business, including Hollywood. You don't want to get rid of a, a beloved character that uh, somebody loves. So I, I I don't know. I'm just I hear a lot of talk about Critical Role, and some people it's a it's a love or hate kind of a thing. And since I don't really watch it too much, I'm I'm curious to kind of hear what other people in our server and that listen to this kind of think about it. How many people watch it and and love it and think you know it it inspires their gameplay and how many people are like it's trash I hate it I don't like looking at that long haired guy he reminds me of a youth pastor with a guitar. Well, I'm a huge fan of it. I just don't listen to it. Like I don't I don't watch it or listen. <laughs> You're a huge fan of it, but you don't fan. watch it or listen to I, it. I I like what it does. I don't care it okay. gets asses in seats because uh-huh. I want people. I don't care if they're all dying in the wool from, from the rule of cool. It, it, it might change D and D or the gaming space to be a lot more broy or cool. I don't say broy, Ooh. but a lot more a, a lot more accessible. We'll put it that way. That's a nice okay. way. A lot less crunchy. And we get may rid not of those like that. silly rules. Why are you limiting me? And that's and and we'll and we'll just retreat to our you know super you know super crutchy nerd spaces and that's fine with me. But you have <laughs> this pool of people. I, that's all mm-hmm. I'm trying to get. Like when I go to Gen Con and I see how big it is, it's not like you know here's a convention for tabletop gaming and it's in you know Bill's basement, you know at mm-hmm. his mom's house. Like I'm cool. Like this this is great. It pumps money into this thing that I love. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't really like I would never pay to go to an NFL game. I don't want to pay eighty dollars or one hundred eighty dollars to sit in the nosebleed seats, mm. but I do like football, and I'm aware that those people help pay for the experience I get to watch it, all yeah. of it for free. So cool. Where are buying football tickets at that they cost that much in the nosebleeds? I have no idea. I'm from Mississippi. We don't like have a team. You oh, know, like, okay. I'm guessing how football works. Because a... I I bought some football tickets and I spent like I think it was like a hundred bucks, and I had got some pretty decent seats. Yeah, okay, that's a hundred dollars, or it's. I know if I wanted to spend twenty dollars, 
I it could be up in the nosebleeds if I wanted to spend twenty bucks. I could be way up at the top. Yeah. I didn't want that. I wanted. To people, okay, the people who pay like two thousand dollars a seat for the Super Bowl. Well, I like to watch yeah. the Super Bowl. Those yeah. people are subsidizing me, and so uh -huh. all the people who come in and are pumping god awful amounts of money into this, this thing that I love, uh -huh. fine. And if they change uh -huh. the, to, to be in more their to be more their speed than mine, there'll be an RPG for me, and and one, two, three, four, eight, ten percent of them. Will <laughs> come to the uh, the crunchy side, okay. you know. So right. that's uh, I, I am no, all it, about bigger, bigger, bigger. It brings people bigger, bigger. in, and and that that's that's a good thing, regardless of anything else. It all is outweighed by the fact that it it's bringing it it puts butts in seats. Give me your uh, t tired and huddled masses yearning to roll a d twenty. All right, all right. Well, there we go. I I think we've talked about this one. So I I want to talk about one more thing before we go. I went. To the Indie Comic Con over the weekend. Okay. You're like, what? Why are we talking about this? Well, I'm not sure if it's for Indiana, the state you're from, or if it was for very like third tier people and their independence. So uh, I'm, Indianapolis, I'm Indianapolis uh -huh. Comic Convention. I'm sorry, but everybody here just calls it Indie because it's too long to say Indianapolis. Or it could have been about Raiders of the Lost Ark. It could have been a very specific con. Wow, I did see somebody cosplay Indiana Jones. Yeah. And it was perfectly and you, and you done. Dress up, and you're like, oh shit, it's the wrong thing. <laughs> so let me tell you, uh, the, why I want to talk about it is, you know, I've I've gone to Gen Con, Origins, and now the Indianapolis Comic Convention. What a big difference between all of them. The Comic Convention, Cotton. What do you think would be the main thing I would see at a comic book convention? I know you want to see comics. That's not the right answer. <laughs> so uh, I don't know, like cosplay. I'm not gonna know. That's that's what's gonna get edited out. What I'm about to say is gonna get edited out. I don't need to say that. Okay. Get okay. It won't get edited out. But go ahead. I don't know. People people who are about a six of ten dressed up in like <laughs> sexy versions of whatever anime character is currently popular on Toonami, if that's still a thing. Okay. That... So. Your your the number one thing I would expect to see at a comic book convention would be comic books, uh, because you've been to Gen Con. You know where Hall A was, where the games were that 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 demo hall. Yeah. All right. It was that. It was in that room, just that room, the entire con, and there were seven, seven booths that had comic books. The rest was art, some authors, but the rest was just stuff, just like memorabilia stuff. A ton of anime. It could have been an anime convention. It should have been. There was more anime than anything else. And I saw more cosplay there than I saw at Gen Con or Origins. Oh, and how, how many of it were, were in line with the previous thing that I said? That we... Wow, you're really roboting bad. I saw some interesting ones that, because my brother went with me, and uh, there was one woman that was walking around, and my brother turned around and looked at me and goes, what the hell was that? And I was like, I don't know. I just don't want to see it anymore today. I don't know. I don't know who she was. I don't know what she was. She was in like a little short dress, little knee high socks, little, little shoes. It looked maybe kind of like a maid outfit, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure, but she had um, like a strap going around the back of her head. And like um, she cut a uh, pool noodle to like, like the width of her face. And it went and covered that strap, and it was on her mouth. So basically, it looked like, like her her mouth was blocked with this like with this pool noodle. And I have no idea what she was. I have no idea what was going on. It was weird, and I was like, I don't know, I don't know what it was. 
why would you walk around with that covering your mouth? Like, I mean, it looked like a like a horse's bit in her mouth, but just exaggerated and big. And I was like, I don't. Oh, I okay. Don't, I don't I'm know. Getting, I thought it was like pointing outward, like it was. No, like a, no, no, no. Like a horse's like bit, but it was big. It was big. Like it was too big to fit in her mouth. It was big. Oh shit! I know what it is. It's demon oh. hunters. Oh, okay. It's demon hunters. It's chicken demon hunters. Oh my god. There you go. We've solved it. It was uh, that, yes. But I, 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 I was just like, what? It, what? I, I didn't know what it was. So out of context, when you see that, you're like, I don't, I don't know what this is. And there were some that I was like, I have no idea. Um, but there were some that were fantastic. There was a Appa Slayer. from. Sorry, I've yeah. it. Sorry, I've pissed yeah. off everyone for for Bamps like no, murders no, no. me. No, no, no. Oz got it. Oz got it. Oh, you got it. Okay. Oz got it. Oz got it. Yeah. And Zakar messaged me with it. I don't know a lot of I don't know a lot of anime so I'm like I when I see it I'm like I don't know what that is so when I see one I know I'm like oh I know what that one I know that one there was an appa from the last airbender and it was huge so big that there were three people uh one is the the girl Kara was her name and then one was Aang and then the Toph the the earthbender one they like were poking up through it so it looked like they were riding him. It was beautifully done. It was huge. It looked great. All of them dressed well. And that was a great one. And I knew what it was. Hey, that's great. Uh, but there were some that I wish that the people maybe like rethought their choices. And again, I, I'm old and I'm sorry. I'm I'm a terrible person. Uh, sometimes I'm very liberal. Sometimes I'm very conservative. I could live in Mississippi. I, I there was a girl I think she was 16 years old. She had on heels. She had on this. It covered like it covered her chest, but it had a very deep V, and it didn't have a skirt. It just had a panel down the front and a panel down the back, and like you could see her ass. You you could see when she walked. You could see everything, and the deep V like you could see. And she was 16 and she was with her parents, and I was like I wouldn't let my child go out in public because I know the people that are here i know what i know that they are being ogled and i wouldn't want my offspring ogled that way i wouldn't want my sisters walking around like that well i i do wish the future uh crystal tiffany amber brandy or lola <laughs> the best of luck in their future endeavors no i mean I, she was a fan of this anime and that was great but i i would just be like i i wish you wore tights or something i wish you wore something under it because i saw way too much and 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 my brother, he's like, I know exactly who you're talking about because there was this guy that was staring at her and he kept getting closer and closer to her until finally when she like apparently inadvertently made eye contact, he started talking to her. And the minute he got distracted by something, she ran away. Uh, and I was like, oh, my I mean, God. I hate to be that guy, you know, like, but, you know, if I throw. A lot of uh, if 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 you throw if you throw chum in the shark infested waters, you know what you're gonna get. Yeah. Okay? yeah. So I'm yeah. just I'm just saying you didn't I just, just slip I that shocked. on and go to the old Comic Con. I also um, think Comic Con local ones are just sort of like general yeah. nerd space. Like in Mississippi, mm -hmm. we had the Mississippi Comic Con, mm -hmm. and it was not about it's not about comic books. They're just riffing on the big famous Comic Con in California. And it's just sort of like whatever general nerd stuff will play. Like comic book, mm -hmm. like MCU is big. Comic books still aren't. Like, yeah, I, I'm all about the MCU. I've watched What If and all the other mm -hmm. tertiary products they're putting out, but I'm not going to buy a single comic book. It's not, it's not my jam. 
Yeah, and apparently it, it must just be a dying. Because I used to, I used to have a comic book collection. I I had lots of them. But a move across the the country, I, I ended up selling my collection because it was just too much to to transport and move. But I guess it, it's dying. I guess you know I can I can see this stuff online. I you know why why why, why buy it? Or I don't I don't I don't know. It's it's a dying thing. But there was just lots of stuff. There was some other really good cosplay, some really great art. I bought four more pieces of art, three larger, one small. There was a fantastic Mysterio, which shocked me. I, I actually was taken aback, and the guy laughed at me because I was like, holy, wasn't expecting it. And bam, there he was, like an illusion. <laughs> I, I've gone to this con before back in 2019 when I first moved here. Uh, I went to that con just for one day. And it this year seemed a lot bigger than the one I went to pre-pandemic. So that was interesting. They had people doing autographs and photo ops. They had William Shatner. They had one of the hobbits from Lord of the Rings. They had uh, Kevin Nash. Hey, Kevin Nash? Kevin Why? Nash. What is he doing? Uh, got, uh, he's been he in movies work. and he's a wrestler, but I, I don't know. But apparently he's he's getting old and he says by you know he's he's shrinking and he's says he'll end up being six ten. I'm like, <laughs> I go, oh my gosh, that's a tall man. If he's, he's gonna end up being six ten, he's currently listed as six ten. Maybe he shrunk. Yeah, Maybe it's happened. It was all very quick. Happening. You're like, oh I'm yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, they had they had a lot of anime. The voice actors for a lot of animes uh, there because the, the anime people, like I said, it could have been an anime convention. I think like of the twelve, twelve autograph people there for autographs. I I would say over half of them were anime related. Okay. And it was just a lot of uh, it was it was interesting. It was very different. And I'm gonna sound elitist again. I'm sorry. It was a very different feel, and to me, these people seemed more nerdy than it, people at Gen Con. Oh, I would have, I would probably agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's, it's you, you bring out like all the nerdy basement. I, I'll, I'll, I, we're gonna. I want to double basement? down on your elitism. You, get, okay. you find the double basement down. dwellers who couldn't afford yeah. a plane ticket to Indianapolis. Oh wow! So you're <laughs> you couldn't. But we were you know, in Indy. Or, or or drive there. But yeah, you get a few. Yeah, yeah. But maybe that's that's it, or it's just a smaller con, or who knows? Uh -huh. But uh, but uh, Gen Con felt like I I put it this way. I've been to the like smaller a few a few smaller cons. Mm -hmm. And they don't have people selling $120 Rosewood boxes for your dice set. It seemed like a different clientele base. I'll put it that they way. They did there. They did there. They had some expensive oh, stuff. They, had they also had some Fair cheap enough. stuff. Yep. They had them. But I think the Comic-Con thing is just a name. You, you can't just name it like general nerd space for like people to nerd out <laughs> hard into the thing they're into. Which at any given time, there's uh -huh. a lot of Venn diagram overlaps in tabletop mm -hmm. gaming, uh, MCU, comic booky stuff. Uh, what else you got? Like like anime, mm -hmm. even a few specific TV shows that people like. Like yeah. like the, like, yeah. like uh, Lilo mentioned the Smallville Con, or people who are mm -hmm. really into. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, it's not superstitious shit. That was a song. Supernatural. Uh, Supernatural. There we go. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Supernatural show. There's there's a lot of overlap in this kind of like general nerd space, and it does change and evolve over time. They don't mm -hmm. want to name it like Nerd Con to you know 2020. They just call it Comic Con because there already is yeah. a Comic Con, and it just sort of merges into whichever you know star wars this year captain america that whatever is currently hot in that kind of sort of scene i think i don't, I don't think it's really about the comic yeah. books another thing that was 
there a lot of people had fake weapons uh, for sale. I mean, like the foam swords, the fake guns, even the, the, the fake guns with the uh, with like that could shoot the pellets. But then just the, the like, you know, it looks like maybe a Nerf gun had been retrofitted and redesigned to look like some kind of steampunk gun. There were a ton, a ton of weapons. I have fun with that. I actually have a, a super soaker thing that I found, or some Nerf gun I found mm -hmm. out in the woods that is going to be a future steampunk gun. And I have oh. one steampunk gun I made, and I made a, a steampunk flamethrower. It's, I, saw, I went to a little tiny steampunk con in Atlanta, mm -hmm. which is supposedly going to be re re resurrected next year. And my mm -hmm. wife, Robin, and I will go. Mm -hmm. And they had, a, they had a panel one time on creating cool weapons. And then mm -hmm. the next year I showed up with the, the same thing with the weapon I made from that guy's <laughs> advice. And it, it was a cool it's not it's not super difficult but you get to put mm -hmm. some creativity into it and make cool gear mm -hmm. so you know yeah, you i i think they, they looked really neat i mean i i stopped and looked at some of them and i was just like but i don't know i i was just the amount of uh, booths that were selling these it was like wow but in the cosplay i saw i didn't see a lot of weapons being worn by the cosplayers so i think the con rules just like gen con you can't have Anything that you, act, you act, can't have anything, anything that looks. You can't have anything that looks like a weapon. I think at Gen Con that looks realistic. Con, they, they ban anything that could fire anything. Yeah. Like it can't mm -hmm. fire a dart. Mm -hmm. Like so, you know. Yeah, but it was just a weird. Uh, it was a weird uh, feel. It, it felt different. This con just felt just a little, a little different. It felt a little more nerdy. Not that it's good or bad. That's a bad thing. It just was different, and it felt like I I went a little farther to to the on the nerd spectrum. Okay, so so not the kind of place you want your sixteen year old daughter to be wearing like uh, no no I I I my, I was having dinner with my family when I was telling them this, and my sister was there, and I said, I mean, look at you, you're twenty seven. I I would I would be uncomfortable with you wearing that out. I I, I would be like, no, please don't serve yourself up. Don't. <laughs> she's like, well, number one, I would never do that. I'm like, well, I know. And she goes, but I understand what you say. I, I get it. I understand. I'm like, all right, good. So, <laughs> I mean, not that you can't, but, or you shouldn't. It's just, I wouldn't want you to serve yourself up like that. Also, poorly organized. That is so common. At, at every small so con I've been poorly organized. I didn't get it. It's it's like, you could spend an extra hour, like, working on this. And it'd be, all right, maybe more not, well, like, like, four or five yeah. hours, you could have done so much more. So, like, you know how uh, Gen Con has, it's a grid pattern. Uh, the aisles are, it's it's a grid setup. But there are some of the big, the big game stores like Paizo that has the big booth that kind of blocks an aisle. So you kind of have to go around and that kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah. they didn't have those big booths like that. Yet they still had that situation where they would just like set something up randomly in the middle and block an aisle. Uh, several aisles. And you had to block. Like, why are you doing this? So you'd be like mid aisle, like, and there's just like like you'd be mid aisle, and all or... of a sudden there's a a, a racetrack, uh, for little kids, little toddlers to race around on tricycles with, and it'd be like, why, why is this in the middle? Why isn't this over on an end? <laughs> like why is it in the yeah, middle of the grid? I don't understand. I like how from D and D and like the impact <laughs> on mainstream culture and like things I don't like about the god I went to. Well, because we exhausted the conversation, yeah. damn it, and I went to something else. But, but, but it's but, not big and, enough to do its own show, so and we're and getting the, a twofer. In the words of Thanos, and where did that lead you? Right back to the wow. Talking about cons. Right, talking <laughs> about cons. Okay. It's not wrong. 
I'm uh-huh. just pointing it out. I'm just also, bringing up information. Also, been to Gen Con, you know that where the exhibit hall is, and then you have a row of little rooms. Because remember, um, Check Games was upstairs in the little rooms, and then they had the lower level. So you had to go to these two rooms at the far end of the hall that, you know, that hall. And you had to buy your tickets or get your wristband. So they had a line going down and goes along that hall, past the escalators, out toward the glass doors for Capital F. And then once you had that, you then had to walk to another part of the convention center and enter in to go to that demo hall room to get in to see the actual con. Okay? So they were two separate things. Very, like, separated. And it was wonderful. When we left there at, like, 12 o'clock, 12.30, 1 o'clock, around there, we walked out the doors we came in, and it was a mess. There were people trying to get in, but then there was a line of people across the doorway, and then there was another line coming out from the concession stand that was right across from the doors. And I was like, why is this so congested? They moved the line for the box office. So it went down the same hall that the entrance to the con was. So it blocked people trying to get in and out of the exhibit hall because you had to go through this line of people that had to go clear to the other side of the convention center to get to that box office. That's how big the line was. And then you had this other line where people, because it was the middle of the day, they wanted food. So you had another line intersecting perpendicular to the box office line. It was a mess. And I was like, why did they do this? This makes zero sense. There's no training for this. It's, There's it's not no like training you can go for to this. College and, and take a, a course in con management. Event planning? There's event, event planning. planning. Logistics. Yeah, but, Just logistics, isn't it? I mean, I'm in logistics. It's about trucks. Like I can get you. I can bring like <laughs> I can bring the tabletop board games to you on a truck, and they'll be legally secured and arrive. But the, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> put them in the just, somewhere. It, it made me appreciate Gen Con and Origins how well they how well organized they are. Yes, you must have been. I've been to some small ass cons here in Mississippi, Louisiana. Uh huh. It's kind of like <laughs> I feel you, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it's it's just like woof you know what it's a little it's a little rough what am i i'm complaining too much or no i'm not complaining oh i'm just saying like you must it feels like this is because you go to a lot more cons you've been like more cons a year than i've been to in like like yeah i went to a lot this year i was excited yeah i mean but you're like man these small cons are kind of rough around the edges compared to like you know the 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 walmart of uh, yeah (laughs) i was at the walmart of cons and i wanted to be at the macy of cons which was dead con or the nordstrom's i don't know i'll give it higher than macy's nordstrom's of cons neiman marcus of cons it was it was just it was like but it seemed like so obvious like why would you do this makes zero sense like you would think somebody at the convention center would give them advice on how to to organize it and do that, but it, it just it made no, it, yeah, it, it made no sense. Good cons had like decades to figure it out. I appreciate anybody decades, who's putting these yes, things on. Yeah, yeah. So, I, and I would love to be part too. of one in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I also thought the pricing was horrible. By the and way, what, like like what you, the pricing, like the so, the or... pricing. So if I pay, it was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It is not big enough to go three days. Number one, number two. There, there were not a lot of things like panels and events and things that would even take up three days. Like you, you weren't doing this for three days. But if you went for all three days, your ticket was $60. But if you wanted to go on Friday or on Saturday, it was $40 for just the one day. And I was like, what? That wasn't like, it shouldn't be 40 bucks. It just shouldn't be 40 bucks. 
That's a that's a high price. That was a high price. Woof woof. woof. I, I didn't like. I I was just really. I was kind of just shocked at it, at 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 the smaller yeah, but con. You, but you paid it though. I did. I paid for mine and my brother's ticket. There you go. They, 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 I paid eighty dollars, and I was there for two and a half hours. Yep. Yep. Because I mean, it wasn't that. Because I looked at him. I'm like, "Do you want to go?" And he's like, "We've seen it all." And I'm like, "It's it's kind of why I pulled um, back. Like, <laughs> I, I didn't go to the Mississippi Comic Con. Like, I, yeah. I would probably go to the first year. I, I went to the FIFA Con, which is a one year con because didn't mm-hmm. catch on." And yeah, we had some rough spots. Fair. It's a small first-time con. Mm-hmm. You know, but like, I think a lot of these state and city cons are really just sort of fleecy. Like, they're just pay a bunch of money to go in, get Billy the Williams signature for like 80 bucks, and that, don't, that doesn't do anything for me. And a lot of that, or, or, or shopping for art. And I, I, I have a, like, Robin is not going to allow me to put up a bunch of like nerd art, like, on mm-hmm. the walls. Like, she... Come from a background museum. It's just not gonna fly. So like, <laughs> it's just not gonna happen. So you can just delete that shit. So I don't have any reason to go. Like I wouldn't go to BlizzCon because I like Wizard products. Mm-hmm. I like the Warcraft universe. If they announced some cool new shit and I was there, I would be getting this awesome vibe with my mm-hmm. fellow attendees. When mm-hmm. I go to Gen Con, I'm seeing new games exposed. I'm playing those new games. It's a physical thing. It's not just like I don't like just going around and shopping. That's not what I enjoy mm-hmm. doing. I don't I don't like that part of it. I don't want to just go around and, and look at knickknacks. Yeah. Robin does. That's like mm-hmm. when we go to the Steampunk Con. She wants to go around to all the little shops. I don't like doing that because I can always like, especially at smaller cons, because you can like feel the desperation coming off of them because you're mm-hmm. just like physically there. I don't know. So that's, I, I pull back because yeah. a lot of them have not felt like great experiences to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I like going, I've been to some other small regional cons in uh, pre pre pandemic that were I went to one uh winter war out in uh Urbane Cham- Ur- Urbana Champaign Illinois it was a, a very small con being running for 40 years we actually had one of the uh two of the organizers on out of character to talk about it but it had like actually you could be there for more than one day they had a lot of events games that were being played and like board games and card games and RPG games and they had an auction and and it was it was really good. It was small. It had grown over the 40 years, but it was still kind of small, but it was well organized. It was well run. And it was to be honest more enjoyable and cheaper than the the the, the con I went to yesterday. Hmm. So... It was more of a gamer con to me. This was just a bunch of nerds I think in a room shopping because it was just a bunch of stuff it wasn't things to yep. do it was just stuff that's that's what i've seen like i've i pulled for the recent comic-con i wanted to give it a shot in mississippi the mississippi comic i pulled it up and it was just like here's the map and it was just shop 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 i don't want mm-hmm. i don't want to pay money to go shop and buy nerd yeah. stuff like yeah. if all that was in that gen con was like people selling shit i can get on amazon I, mm-hmm. i'm not gonna go Mm-hmm. Uh, but they they debut new shit there, and you get to play this. Like I got to I got to play BattleTech for like two and a half three hours. Mm-hmm. I got to do a thing. That's that's what I'm there to do. That's what you're there to do. Yeah. 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 So that was it. I just wanted to let you know that I went to this con and how it was a little different. And well, um, before we go, I want to yeah. ask you since we, since we got okay. you on this topic, what is what is so Origins big time con? You enjoyed it. Gen Con great. Is there a con you've been to? It wasn't national level that you really enjoyed going to. 
and why? That wasn't national level that I really yeah. enjoyed going to. Yeah, there was a state um, or regional kind of deal, and you're like, yeah, this is pretty slick. This is so this back in the day, I would go to the Chicago Comic Con with my brother, and that was just it was all just comic books. I mean, if you found a booth that sold something other than comic books, that was the that was the the rare thing. It was just booth after booth of comics, giant long boxes, and and just yeah. But what else is there to do? With I shop? enjoyed if it. You love it, fair enough. So yeah, you, you like to shop. For that was books. it back in the because that's what you did with comic books. That's what you, that's what you did. That that Winter War I think was really fun. They had a lot of stuff that I did. I I enjoyed. I got to see a lot of games. I because they had like people that have been going for forty years. So they have a lot of older people at that con, and they had games that I had never seen before, ever. And I got to watch them and watch them play and the auction was auctioning off games i had never seen like from the 60s these people would yeah. just donate stuff to auction and it was it, it was amazing cool i really liked it now i've never been to the gen con auction now maybe i wouldn't you know but they didn't have it this year that winter war i think was probably the best small regional non-national level con i've been to in recent memory and when'd you go when was this in 2019 Okay, so it's, it's no, still 2020. going. No, twenty twenty. No, in January of twenty twenty. It was okay. it was just before it shut down. Yeah. Cool. And I don't know if it's still going. I I I don't know if they had it this year. I didn't go this year. I should look and see if they have it next year. Drag my brother out to check it out. It's not that far of a drive. Well, neat. Yeah, but I think it's fun to go to these little cons too and see what's what's going on. Just not to be judgy of the lower classes, but to be. Just to be, you know, like, hey, this is what other people are are doing. This, you know, these are, you get exposed to some new things. And I think that's a good thing. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Look, Zakara Googled it for me. It is showing up. It will be happening in 2022. Excellent. It is a no frills convention. It absolutely is, but it is still. What's a frill? Really good. I don't know if I'm, I don't, you don't, I don't, don't, don't want to be anti. I don't want to be anti frill if I like no frills. No frill. You, you do like frills. I think I like frills. You do like frills. You're frilly. You are. I like pomp and circumstance. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's wrap it up. We've gone a little bit over, but we did two different topics. So you close it out. We'll close it out. Okay. Well, today, everybody, <laughs> we we talked about Matt Mercer and how he's the most wonderful thing to happen to D&D ever and how cons can be great unless they're poor. I hope you all have what? a wonderful night, and I hope you realize I shouldn't be left unattended. There we go. <laughs> Nailed it. Woo. You nailed it. You you nailed it. Once again, the flawless the string of flawless victories continues. Goodness. I don't know. I I would say something, but I'll wait till I, I stop recording to say that. Uh <laughs> thank you everybody and we will see you next.